This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcasts and other student work on garnetmedia.org. What's poppin' y'all? Welcome to this week's episode of Culture Jam. I'm your host as always, Zoe. Uh, this week I have a special guest, my good buddy named Jordan Coleman. Welcome to the show, Jordan. It's an honor to be here and I'm so excited to talk to you, Zoe. Culture Jam. It's a <laughs> fun show. I like to start every episode by asking, what are you listening to recently? What's on your playlist? So I recently, yesterday, so pretty recently, I, um, Earth Gang album came out, so I've been listening to a lot of that, Kettle Guys. I don't really like listening to them pretty often, but yesterday I listened to a couple songs of that and it was pretty cool. I like Earth Gang. I only, I don't know a lot of their songs, but I've heard a lot of good stuff about the new album. Yeah, you definitely should take a look. How about you? What have you been listening to? I've been listening to a lot of stuff. I've been listening to this group called 100 Gex, which is like this like hyper pop group, and they're like hyper pop. They're super like I don't know. They just sound like they're on drugs. Like it's kind of funny. <laughs> I've listened to a lot of Kendrick Lamar. Okay. What do you think? What do you think about his halftime show performance? It was so good. That whole show was so good. I was hyped. Yeah. I was. I had to work that night, and I was like watching it on the TV at a restaurant, and I was turning up. I was like, it was so at good. But yeah, I've listened to a lot of Kendrick, a lot of Baby Keem, and I went to a Claro concert last week with Arlo Parks in Charlotte. So I've been listening to a lot of that, but. Yeah, so today our topic is we're going to be talking about music in film and television, specifically television, because we're going to be focusing on breaking down all the music in the first episode of Euphoria, because Euphoria yeah. is popping right now. Um, I think I think this weekend is the season finale. Well, I guess by the time this comes out, it'll have already been out, but yeah, Euphoria is kind of popping right now, but we're going to take it all the way back to the pilot because we don't want to spoil anything. We just want to talk yeah, about sure. Especially for me, too, since I haven't watched season two yet. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to binge it. I, I saw that um, the season two ends this week, so I think next week I'm just going to watch it all in, like, one day or two. Yeah, I'm all, I, I, I think I still need to watch episode, like, seven, but I'm mostly caught up. I didn't realize it was ending so soon. Like, I guess, yeah. I, I guess yeah. the first season was also short, but yeah. I didn't think that it was already going to be ready. This, I mean, already going to be over this week. So kind of sad. And like Zendaya is recording, a, like a, filming a bunch of stuff. So I don't think the new season is going to be out for like, oh, yeah. said, like 2024 or something. She's a busy woman, man. She's, she's popping. MJ, all types of stuff, man. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, so... Yeah. So music, I feel like in television and TVs isn't something that like people always pay that much attention to necessarily. Like it's not front and center, but it's definitely like really important. Oh. Sure. Whenever um, whenever you're asking me like to be on a podcast and what's the topic you want to talk about, I necessarily don't really listen to music that often. Well, I, growing up, I really didn't listen to music that often, but I've always had an appreciation for like film. And the relationship between music and film is just a beautiful thing. And I was happy to be able to talk about it. Yeah, it's like I said, it's not like always at the front and center of the movie, because obviously you're more focused on like the visuals and like 
the the dialogue but the music is really essential for like building up the theme and the tone and stuff like that it creates like the whole mood of the movie a lot of the times and it's interesting because when it's really well done it can evoke like so much emotion and like develop the story so much without you even realizing it like at all sure a fun exercise a fun exercise to do watch watch the scene without the music or just like with the sound effect it's just so bizarre like to look at it and be like hey I was supposed to feel this way and it's because of the music like music makes you feel a specific way it makes you it just makes it portrays so much and you don't realize it until it's gone it's, just, it's a beautiful thing yeah I feel like when a, a soundtrack and a score when like when they're done really well you can tell because like it's the moments when it is silent that it's like I don't know like the silence can be so effective sometimes yeah yeah like, you don't yeah, notice absolutely. you don't notice that all the music is there until it's gone and then it like has such a profound effect actually steven spielberg and john williams they're like the director and composer they like produce a whole bunch of films and i was watching like a speech and steven spielberg was, was giving the award to john williams he was talking about how in the process he'll give john williams the film without any music at all in a specific process called spotting is whenever you decide which scenes have music and which scenes don't because sometimes like you were saying like the most the most beneficial thing is not the most beneficial thing but it's important to look at things what's the word for it it's 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 you have to find which scenes need music and which scenes don't and that's an important process and euphoria is such a cool show because it, it, I don't know, I feel like it's actually, it's a pretty common thing in, like, um, teen shows that the music is kind of important, like, ever since, like, the 90s and the 2000s, when, like, teen dramas have kind of blown up, it is, like, a really common uh, characteristic of those shows like that to incorporate, like, popular music, yeah. of, like, of, like, the time to appeal to, like, their audience, but I feel like Euphoria really takes it a step further because they do incorporate, like, uh, what's popular right now, but also they kind of, like, throw it back a lot and even just yeah. like the score is like really well done and like really unique mm-hmm. to this show mm-hmm. and I think that was intentional in the process of them making a thing and I feel like it provides the third dimension to the movie or to the tv show absolutely because Sam Levinson who created the show and he writes he uh specifically sought out Labyrinth who yeah. writes, who writes the whole score for the show and he has such an interesting take on um how the music is incorporated into the story and like how it reflects the characters and stuff yeah for sure labyrinth he's such a cool guy man i was listening to a podcast with him a couple days ago he's just so collaborative and like just so like against the rules it's awesome like how he just be like throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks and it's just a beautiful process yeah and um in euphoria he does a really good job of just I don't know it's just such a unique it's such a unique score because I feel like there aren't that many shows out right now where like that are known like people pay attention to that music that much but it's like become so uh well known that people do like it is really popular for the way that they use the music and all the stuff that he's produced like I was literally I was at a party last night literally and somebody played I think it was it was a euphoria song it was the one when I R.I.P. it was like Rue's character song I think like people literally play it at parties like how often does that happen (laughs) (laughs) for sure like they definitely put so much time into it and it shows that like it's it's going to withstand the test of time for sure because it's just so much going into it 
But yeah, we were watching we were watching the first episode together and it was really cool because the whole like first introduction to the uh the show like leading up <laughs> leading up to like the the intro credits or not the intro credits but when, just when it says euphoria or whatever it's this whole it's like a, it's literally like a music video like I don't know how many minutes it is but it's just like there's constantly music and like Rue's talking through it as well I think but like there's constantly music and you don't even really think about it until all of a sudden like yeah. it gets to the intro and you're like oh that was like literally like a music video like it just keeps going through all these different scenes but it like works so well Mm-hmm, exactly, man. Especially whenever we watched it for the second time, when you pay like specific attention to the music, you're like, bro, this music <laughs> has been going on for 10 minutes straight. And you don't realize it, but it also provides like a new dimension to the to the scenes and stuff. Yeah. So. And like we were saying before, like I feel like when a score is done really well, you don't notice it until it is silent. And something that I noticed when we were watching it back mm-hmm. is the only time when it is silent, when it's like only dialogue is like there's very um like the first scene I think where it is finally there's no music playing it's when Rue gets out of rehab and she goes to talk to Fez and it's a very like revealing scene because it's like the times when it is silent it's because the dialogue is like extra important like it's showing a lot of stuff about someone's character because this is when because you obviously get Rue's whole like introduction and obviously that's telling a lot about like her character and where she's coming from and building up her whole backstory but once you get, to, but it's all from her perspective. Like it's her filling you in on a lot of stuff. And so the first scene where she's actually talking to like another character mm-hmm. is when like it, the music kind of dies down. And then it's like, you start to see more about her character because it's not her telling you anything about herself. It's her revealing uh, through the dialogue, like who she is. Cause that's when she's talking to Fez about how like, he was like worried about her and she's like trying to buy drugs and he's like didn't you just get out of rehab and she's like yeah you know whatever and so you learn about a lot about her through that and it is those kinds of scenes where you do sort of um notice the lack of music i definitely feel like those scenes where it's no music going on at all is just for you can so you can zero in on herself and like be able to not have like outside influences on your perception of her and kind of figure that out for yourself so I feel like it was an effective tool and not using the music yeah, for yet. sure and it's just like it the whole show is just very like obviously very dramatic very hectic like there's always something like ridiculous happening and the music uh exaggerates that because it's very like it's you're like you're never settled yeah. like you're never there's never any silence because it's never like exactly. calm like it's never like there's never a sense of peace really and even if like there is something kind of calm going on there's still a, like usually music that makes it feel kind of like eerie like something's not happening right now but something's about to happen like and yeah so it's just like very i think it was pretty intentional because sam levison the director he wrote the script to lavender's music so he was writing to like the upbeat like experimental type of music he, he was saying that he was saying that while writing euphoria he wanted it to be a mix of like danny elfman meets jesus meets gospel so it's like an odd mix of music but you can kind of see it, like whenever you think of the euphoric music, you think of like a choir in the background, fast-paced beats, and making you just feel definitely. like this like, like dramatic. I, I hadn't thought about that either. when he said like the gospel. That definitely makes sense because there are a lot of scenes where like it's sort of like build-up scenes, and like Rue is sort of talking about the way things are in the background. It's very gospel, like choir, like, and you don't really think about it because I feel like in a lot of mo- I don't feel like you're gonna watch a lot of teen shows where there's like some sort of choir going on, like ah. Oh, whatever but like you hear that a lot of the times additionally to the gospel is like a fast-paced beat going with it too so it's like 
how often do you hear that? Is it not is not within the rules of music to have like gospel plus <laughs> fast paced beating plus Danny Elfman in the background? It's just a weird miss, but it works. And I feel like that's the beautiful thing about Euphoria. It is mm -hmm. is not normal, but it works. Like the cinematography in it, the colors in it, the different like propositions of the scene and stuff is not something you generally mm -hmm. see from a TV show, especially for teens. But you can tell that it, they're just yeah, all and it doesn't so well. And, and almost I don't know, almost to the extent that like there are times when it feels like it's not really even a TV show. It just feels like an art piece. I know you haven't seen season. I haven't seen season two, but especially yeah. that was the yeah. that was actually something I was complaining about in season two, because like at the like yeah, in the tough. midway through the season, it starts getting more like plot based. But I feel like the first like several episodes, it's just very like, um, kind of like a music. It's literally just like a music video. Like there's just dramatic music, and they're like posing and these like art scenes, and like and like the cinematography and. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the cinematography and stuff is beautiful. Like it's very well done, <laughs> but it's like it's just art. Yeah, see, me being a photographer, I can appreciate that. Like that's like my heaven. I'm like, oh snap! Like it's following the rules of Thursday. It has perfect color. It has perfect scenes. It's just beautiful. Like especially, I don't know how much it is in the second season, but from what you said, it does it a lot. But you can pause before at any point, and it's like a perfect picture. And, it's just so cool to see that like it was one scene I was talking about when we were, whenever we watched the episode where like I think Rue ran out of her house and it was a shot from like way up above like on the top of the house and I was like how did they even get that <laughs> like literally someone had to get on a crane get all the way above and zero in a Rue running across yeah. the thing and they didn't have to do that like they didn't have to it really didn't provide like any additional value to the scene or to the show but they decided specifically like let's zero in on this from way above to provide perspective yeah, every single like you said every single shot you could pause it and like the composition is like so clearly like well like it's very intentional like very well thought out and just like beautiful i think you pointed out when we were re-watching the first episode there's that one scene and it's a very simple scene but it's when rue comes home and she like her sister sees her and they like run together and they are going in for the hug and like the camera kind of rotates around them. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah. then it like, yeah. it's this very like, I don't know. It's like a pretty simple, I mean, it's like obviously like an exciting thing to like see your sister after rehab, but it like, it could have been a very basic, like, oh, they hug, but they made it. And it does create that sense of like more excitement. Like this is like a very big thing, like getting it from all angles, seeing the joy in their faces and then settling in when they like, finally you know end the hug or whatever but, but yeah and it's very like like I was saying earlier like in teen dramas it's pretty uh just a part of the genre to incorporate a lot of different um parts of like pop culture and like draw from other movies and tv shows and stuff like that and the second season there are a lot of like montages kind of I don't know if I would use that word but like there's there was one episode that was all about like Rue and Jules's like relationship and so they're and they're like lovers and they do all these scenes where they like dress up as like famous lovers and like it's all these scenes and it's like what is the point of this but it's like very beautiful and it's cool and they do like they pull scenes from like Brokeback Mountain and like she dresses up as like Frida Kahlo and stuff so they're like pulling all these things from like different parts of pop culture and you definitely also feel that um 
in the soundtrack. Yeah, even the soundtrack, just the songs that they choose to use are very revealing because they choose because they pull things from like all kinds of different times and different scenes. Like there's a lot of throwback songs, but there's also like very modern things. Um, A lot of the times you can tell when there's more like casual scenes, a lot of times it's just like hip hop playing or something like some modern music going on because it's just kind of like casual and like I guess it's supposed to be like realistic. Like this is what people are listening to right now. I have a question for you. Yeah. Since you are the veteran of season two, <laughs> is it more originally composed or is it like getting stuff from external sources? What would you say? Is it like as profound as season one? Because for season one, like you have like the song, like you said, I was playing at the party. Everybody kind of can resonate with that. Would you say season two is pretty similar? I think season two is pretty similar, yeah. I think even... I think maybe even more so the way that like in the first season he has music specifically tailored to each character. Um, he continues yeah. to do that definitely in season two, and especially because okay. you know more about the characters now, you kind of yeah. can tailor yeah. it more to them. And I feel like that's probably from from inferences. I feel like that's kind of intentional. Like people can use music as a way to like develop the character. Like for example, whenever rolls, whenever jewels, my bad was first seen by Rue. It was like a song that was like kind of mysterious, but fun at the same time, especially whenever she was riding the bike, whenever they first met. And I wonder how like the music developed, especially with season two, as you kind of like, as their relationship kind of grows. Yeah, for sure. Um, And yeah, like the music is very tailored to each character. It says a lot about them. Like you were saying with Jules, like she's a sort of like, she shows up in the town and she's just like, she looks like this like fun, like colorful girl, but she also yeah. has like secrets and stuff. And like, she's like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like, what's fun with this girl? Like she looks fun, but there's something behind she's, the music. There's something behind She's like meeting creepy men in hotel rooms and like whatever. Yeah, and it's, it was one scene that um, you pointed out. I remember that um, whenever she was going up to the hotel room to meet Nick's dad, it was some fun music going and leading up to that. But as soon as she like got in view of the hotel, like it, what's the word for it? it drastically shifted to like a dangerous type mm-hmm. of music. When she's going to the hotel, it's this sort of like, the guy texts her and he's like, oh, I can't wait to see you, blah, blah, blah. And there's this yeah. like piano playing where it's very like, ex- it's like da, 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 and it's like sort of innocent. Like, like she's excited, but like as she starts to like, she's yeah like she's very like happy hopeful like looking forward and then she like approaches the room and it's like it's like still it's the same music I think but like the tone shifts and like it just gets darker and you know something like weird is kind of kind of sketchy is about to happen you're just watching like turn around what are you doing why are you going to this dangerous situation (laughs) yeah and then with Rue her character I think Labyrinth wrote about how or talked about how Rue was the first one to kind of inspire like the character specific music like that song I mentioned earlier uh when I R.I.P like he uses that for her a lot and he wrote it specifically to sound like like you're on drugs kind of like like you're high and you can get definitely get that sense a lot like through a lot of the music not just her music but just like throughout the show it this whole show is very kind of like drug fueled and like sexual and like dramatic and a lot of the music really does sort of like uh psychedelic and like it's sort of 
in a weird, I don't know, it takes you like into a weird space. Definitely, because um, whenever I, it was a video about how Sam Labyrinth's process was, his music kind of brought out the hue of the show. Like you were saying, like with the cinematography of it, sure, you can have good propositions, you can have good composition for like a real thirsty stuff, but the music is what provides kind of like the color, if that makes sense, yeah. and allows you to feel a specific way and look at things in a specific manner. So I just feel like it's just so intentional and the process is just so cool. Yeah, for sure. And then like I mentioned earlier how like a lot of the times when it's like there's nothing super serious going on, they just kind of play like hip hop, like popular, like current music. Mm -hmm. And I also like how there's like scenes where whenever it's like Maddie, uh, Kat, like that little crew, it's always like Megan the Stallion or something like that. Like it's still like that popular music, like the rap and stuff, but it's all the like sort of like girl power, like whatever music going on. Mm-hmm. Like baddies of the show, especially Kat. Like when Kat starts getting into the whole like online, uh, like whatever stuff that she's doing, like talking to, and she starts feeling that like empowerment. A lot of the time you can tell, like she's listening to music she can shake her ass to because that like shows a lot about her character and that's important to like what happens to her when she's going. Yeah, sure. I just, I wonder how like, I don't know how much it goes into season two, but do you see like a shift in the music as in like you said Cat has like the bad energy type of music? Does it like change into like a more subtle thing or is it pretty like pretty unanimous throughout the whole seasons? Mm, I feel like I feel like there's not a huge difference between season one and season two. I feel like maybe in season two it is a little bit like darker because in the first season it was a little more like it hadn't gotten as intense yet like there's a lot going on but like you still like meet these characters and they're just like oh these like teenagers and then you get to season two and they're all like so involved in like all their drama that it's like it is a lot of music is more like suspenseful and like darker so there's not as many scenes where they are just like chilling at a party and like driving in a car listening to like casual music so I guess it does kind of change a little bit yeah what do you prefer originally composed or like external source stuff what do you think that has like more of an impact I think they both definitely serve their own purpose but like I feel like the like originally composed scores are more important when it comes to like building the tone of like the scene and like invoking emotion and stuff like that I definitely it is it I think it's definitely more effective for that but um I I think but like all the external music also is important because like I don't know the soundtrack I feel like I don't know I feel like it ties things together kind of like pulling things that people are already familiar with and I feel like that's also yeah. an effective way of uh, invoking emotion because it's like you already know that people like correlate the specific song with the specific thing. So when you're like putting it into this scene, then you know you're like creating that emotion automatically, sort of. I want to talk about one episode of season one. It was, I think it was called Fun Fair. It was whenever they were going to like the carnival mm-hmm. and stuff. And literally, this was the first time when I was watching it without like a film music goggles. I was like, the music in this is just making me feel a specific way. Like the soundtrack, you know, you go into like before music on Spotify or something, this specific song called Fun Fair is like literally 10 minutes long. <laughs> and it's like, dun, 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 dun. It's just, it just makes me feel like just up pace, high pace, but also like you're trying to have fun at the same time. Whenever I was listening to a podcast with him, 
he was like, yeah, man, this took me like weeks to compose. And it's just such a long soundtrack, but such a beautiful soundtrack as well. Yeah, because things like that, like when you create a score like that, it can be such a long song. Because like in that, because in that episode, it's been a while since I watched it, but like there was a lot going on at that fair. And so it was all like one coherent scene. It just felt so yeah, chaotic. but they were all that's that's the perfect it, word. That's the perfect word. It was, it was just so chaotic. chaotic. Like it was all one setting, but it was like so many different people yeah. like interacting yeah. and crossing paths. So when you like you know that a, a score like that is really effective when like you can go back and listen to that, listen to that song, and you can kind of listen to it and like you know what's going on. Like you know what was yeah. happening at yeah. certain points, yeah. and you're like, Oh, this is when they had this fight, and this is when it turns into like this scene. <laughs> Yeah, it was like bat to bat to bat to bat drama. Like you'll pass by one person and it'd be like another scene with someone drama and you see the person throw chili at a person's face. You're like, dude, this is crazy, bro. Back to like the silence kind of. Um, like we were saying, like it definitely gets quieter when it's like there's a scene where the dialogue is revealing a lot about the character and who they are. But it's also sort of because, not because, it's also sort of like whenever, a lot of the show takes place like not in the moment. Like, there's a lot of flashbacks. There's a lot of storytelling. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, montages of, like, this and that happening. And there's very, at least in the this particular episode, I was noticing it, but there's, okay. <laughs> there's not as many scenes where they're actually in the moment, just, like, having a conversation, like, something's happening. And so I feel like that a lot of the time when it is silent is those moments. Like, because when you're going back mm-hmm. in time or you're looking, you're having a dream or you're doing this and whatever, the music is used to make it feel very dreamy and stuff like that and then you kind of are like you notice the silence because it kind of like shocks you back like into the moment like this is actually happening right now like that's important to notice yeah especially with um at the beginning of like each episode in season one they're like kind of give you like an insight into the character so each character will like have a specific theme like you're saying Jules is like a fun but mischievous type of theme rules is like a little chaotic Nate was a little bit dangerous, but also like soft side to him. Mm-hmm. So he's like flashback, and it's this term in film music called motif, where like you have a specific theme for a specific character. And I just feel like that's such an effective way as to develop the plot, develop the plot along as the character. Yeah, um, one of the one of the scenes where I feel like I noticed the sound a lot was when. Cassie and McKay had sex for the first time because it was such a weird scene and it was like the yeah. music because they were they started out, I think they were at a party and so yeah. like the music was very loud they were listening to you know whatever they were listening to and then they go into this room and I don't remember if it was completely silent or if the music was just very very quiet but it was very noticeable how like um when they were doing it it was like you didn't really notice any music it was just a lot of like breathing and a lot of just like awkwardness because it is a really weird scene where she's like they're doing it and she's like why are you doing that and it's just this whole awkwardness and yeah. you definitely get that sense in the sound because a lot of the times it's like people are talking and things are ha- I feel like in a lot of sex scenes especially in tv and movies there's always some music going on like there's some sexy music like I don't know if you watch like there's just very dramatic scenes but in that one it's like you can tell that it's going to be kind of awkward and something weird is going to happen because like it gets super quiet and it's just like this like heavy breathing and like them making weird yeah. faces and like it's very like zoned in on like the actual act instead of like sensationalizing yeah. the whole like scene. And I feel like that was 
100% intentional. Like so much of the film music process is deciding which scenes to put music in, which scenes to not. And say, for example, you were to put music in that scene, it wouldn't draw the same emotion and the same awkwardness type of feel as you would expect, as you would want. So like, say for, you have like different set scenes and other stuff that's really not as memorable, but it's, you can draw back to that specific scene and say, hey man, this was awkward, this was weird. Like, I just didn't feel good watching this and that's the beautiful side of music. Yeah, like sometimes like a music, like the music serves to like, kind of, yeah like sometimes it'll make you feel like good about the scene and sometimes it's supposed to make you sort of uncomfortable because the scene was uncomfortable and they want to make you feel how the person feels in that situation Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. that was done really well and honestly like I was looking back on like the history like film music and stuff and the first relationship between like film is film and music like people didn't talk in movies in like the 1900s Mm -hmm. It was really just this dude running across like a field music. These people acting like they're talking music. It wasn't like dialogue in the scene. So it's just like you can look back on history and say these two, the relationship started together. If that makes sense. And it wasn't until later that they decided, hey, let's put some talking behind it. And even whenever, whenever it was the transition between like the just music stuff and the just dialogue stuff people was having hesitations about adding music to scenes, adding music to talking scenes because they thought that it didn't really make the scene feel important, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So we've come a long way for sure, but it's so cool that we can like layer different like audios and music and have have it come together as one yeah for sure because like you said like originally movies did not have dialogue or when they did it was like they just put up the words on the screen and then that was it like and they would literally Mm -hmm. have like they would show movies and I believe like they would sometimes have like an actual like orchestra or like band like in the theater like playing along to the movie that sounds yeah it would be really cool actually (laughs) (laughs) we should go (laughs) go to like some random behind town in like the south <laughs> watch seriously and like it is so cool how like i don't know like in like charlie chaplin movies or whatever like the music was very specifically tailored to exactly what was happening on the screen and i think that's so cool mm-hmm. how you can even like do that like make a bunch of sounds even like correlate to like the visuals like I don't know like this like they seem like such separate things but like both things can like yeah. evoke so much emotion and like there are so many different like connotations that certain sounds and things have that you really can mm-hmm. do that so well one thing um actually today in class in my film music class we um we learned that sometimes back in the day they would make the music first and then their screenwriter would write to the music specifically so we did an exercise today where we looked at like a scene back in like 1900s and listened to the music from that scene. And we wrote our own, we wrote our own scene to that music. That's cool. So that's kind of, that's kind of like the process that took place back in the day. So it's like how you say you can like see like specific actions correlate to the music. They actually, that was intentional. Um, kind of like I was saying earlier, how when it comes to like the soundtrack part and like uh, pulling like songs that already already exist out to the show a lot and how that can be really effective because obviously those songs already mean a certain thing and people know that they mean a certain thing 
And so it's easy to like incorporate that into a scene that relates to it. So like here it's talking about um, in one of the episodes, it's the, I think it's the last episode of the season one, Cassie goes to this like doctor's appointment and she like feels really weird about her body and she was like going to the dance. And so they play uh, My Body is a Cage by Arcade Fire. And so that just like emphasizes how she feels like a disconnect between like her mind and her body. So there's just things like that, like, cause especially song, like obviously with like a score, you write it and it doesn't really have lyrics to it. So it's just solely about the, like the sound and how the sound makes you feel. But a soundtrack part can be really effective also because it does have lyrics and it does have like actual like meaning one in like the way that the music makes you feel, but also just like what they're actually saying and how that relates to what's happening in the yeah. show. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, um, whenever I was doing a little bit of research about it, it was saying how Pixar movies make you cry. Like say for example, you remember the up scene? The first scene was like the most iconic scene where it's like the sad music, dun dun yeah. dun dun. Yeah, the funeral stuff. Sure, like whenever it first starts, it's like a sad scene, but they play that same music. They play that same like composition throughout other scenes that's not as sad, but it still draws like a sad emotion to you. Like say for example, whenever, I forgot what his name was, but the club scout was given like the old guy a pin or something. They would play like the sad music from the beginning of the scene to say, hey, this reminds me of my wife. So definitely like verse, versus like the sternly source music and the original source music, you can use that. That can be used as like a relationship between emotions and different feelings. Especially when you like contrast it to like, you have happy music going on a sad scene, or you can like put sad music on a happy scene and say, hey, even though this is supposed to be happy, intrinsically like this person is feeling a specific way is not good. For sure. Um, I think it's really cool when like there are songs that come from a movie that you can like automatically identify with that movie or with the song. Yeah. Like when you said something about Pixar, the first thing I thought of was like Toy Story. There's that song, You've Got a Friend in Me. Yeah. And like you could play yeah. anybody that's seen Toy Story, which I feel like is most most people at this point. Like you play that song. Said you haven't seen it seriously and i feel like if you play that song you automatically get this like internal feeling of like one nostalgia i guess because it's like an older movie but also just like it brings you back to like the moments when it was used in that movie mm-hmm. what would you say is your top three if you had three movie soundtracks oh god i don't know <laughs> i'll give okay. you mine first finding nemo mine I'll, I'll, I'll literally i have a playlist on my spotify of just finding Nemo. And then I have what Ratatouille. Ratatouille has a pretty cool one. Like, say you're walking across campus going from like Russell or something, pop on some Ratatouille. It just romanticizes your life <laughs> so much. And um, I will say Euphoria is up there as my third one too. Maybe it's recency bias, but it's pretty Yeah. Cool. I don't think I honestly have any. I feel like until pretty recently, I never thought that hard about it. I don't really I I feel like I don't watch that many tv shows and movies like the phase of my life where I did watch them a lot was like when I was younger and so like I wasn't like analyzing it that hard recently I've I've come to appreciate it more because I am taking a couple classes that have to do with like film and stuff like that so when I do watch things I do notice those things more but um I feel like I'm gonna give you a homework assignment I want you to make Spotify playlist with just film music (laughs) 
just walk around campus and just blast that it'll just be such a romanticized process i used to watch i don't know i have playlists where i just have like music from like musicals but like that's kind of like a different thing it's not really that different it is sort of like a score like it's written specifically for that but I remember, I remember the first time I ever even thought about film, uh, music and film was in my middle school band class. Because um, you're band, you forgot about that. <laughs> I used to play, the, know, I used to play the saxophone back in the day. I think we looked at Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is like a really yeah. notable one. And I think it was composed and conducted by John Williams. And that's, yeah. that, that's yeah. definitely yeah. A, a film score that's like super well done. He's, he's just such... He's like the Michael Jordan. <laughs> he He's really like, is. Cause that like I'm not I'm not like into film music. Well, I, I am into film music, but I'm not like hardcore like reading the books on film music and stuff. But I knew John Williams was like before like elementary yeah, school. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is like such an interesting thing. Like I don't know. I think it's cool how you can make a name for yourself like that. Like. Like I think of Jurassic Park and I do think of John Williams and it's like, is that an actor? Is that the director? No, he's just the guy that, not just the guy, but he's the guy that like wrote the score and that's still like such an identifiable thing. Even like movies like Harry Potter, for example, like you have like the Hogwarts theme where Hep was singing throughout the thing and it's just so relatable. Like you play and you're like, this just reminds me so much of the good feelings that comes with Harry Potter. Or things like like Star Wars. I think that was also John Williams. He like the, that music yeah, is yeah. so identifiable. Yeah. And I don't want Star Wars. And I can probably like tell you like three songs off of Star Wars just because it's just so. Seriously, you ever hear that like intro music and you know exactly what's happening? Mm-hmm, for um, sure. We we were we were talking in my class recently about how in horror films, it's a very common thing to have like certain motifs where like you know exactly what's about to happen to kind of like create suspense like in jaws like in jaws yeah. there's that whole like oh my god how's it go yeah. <laughs> like you know exactly what they're about to do and so it's really cool how like you can use the sound to like foreshadow or like guide a scene like that yeah because without it's just people chill on the boat enjoying a couple beers having fun then you add their music you're like oh shoot. yeah because like, it could be like they're just chilling and then all of a sudden shark and they're dead and it's like what like what what is that what is, like where did that come from <laughs> and then it's literally like 10 seconds of a shark attack and then you're just left with just silence of like, empty boat drowning and stuff but it, it provides a sense of like suspense by adding the music to it leading up yeah to i think the movie oh, we were man. talking about was i think halloween and like there's a little like sound that I think like the director himself like composed because like movies like that are sort of like low budget but like the they had this little sounds like or something like whenever like the guy's about to show up like you just know yeah for sure do you have any closing comments I gave you the homework assignment <laughs> but I also want to talk the um the other listeners of your podcast Go out and like pay a specific attention to like the music and films because you don't really realize it until you actually like hone into it. And it's just so cool how so how much of how much of an effect that it can have on how you feel and what you leave with after viewing that. So like make a Spotify playlist and of your top film music songs and just walk to college campuses and walk to your classes. 
just listen to it. It puts you in a cool That spot. is get funny because I feel like most people do kind of act like they're a movie. Like they, I feel like a, a lot of people have like certain playlists that, that they do for like certain things. Like when you're walking across campus or yeah. when you're sitting in the car, looking out the window, feeling dramatic. Like I do we basically all like compose the own soundtracks to our lives. I think that's funny. Yeah, people think I'm listening to like J. Cole or something. Nah, I'm listening to Brad <laughs> Tush. <laughs> I'm listening to Finding Nemo. <laughs> you can literally go on my Spotify. You'll see the That's so funny. But yeah, uh, E4 is a good show. Has great music, film music, very important. Yada, yada, yada. I challenge all of you to think about the soundtrack to your life and then look at movies and how that kind of ties together so and it's it can provide so much info and insight into the person like i know we were talking about green flags and <laughs> red flags the soundtrack can be such a red or green flag like i feel like i'm a green flag soundtrack guy i want to type of flag i think i'm a green flag i feel like the soundtrack to my life would be pretty cool i feel like i would be a good main character for sure you definitely be a pretty good main character yeah thank you so much for coming on the show this week jordan it's been a blast. All right, y'all. That was all for today's episode. I'll catch you next time on Culture Jam.